0: everyone. Welcome to the Somatic SLP. I am your host Natalie. Here is where we talk about all things speech language pathology, mindfulness, whether that be being a clinician, being a student yourself, or being a parent or caregiver, neuroscience, psychology, and just using all of the tools that we have to have the best speech therapy practices we can. So today we are going to talk about how you need to let go of the idea you think you want. There are so many times in my life that there is something I want so badly and I get so fixated on it. And then a year goes by and I'm like, oh my goodness, if I were to have that exact thing I was praying for right now, I wouldn't have had all the blessings that I do have in my life. My life is so happy. Things really worked out when I let go of that fixation. It also allowed me to be fully present in the activities that I was participating in and the type of clients I was seeing versus the type of clients I thought I wanted to see. So let's get right into it. All right, I had to trust the process, open my mind to experiencing all the different types of placements within the fields, and just allowing myself to be bad at something. I know I have another episode on being a perfectionist and how that really got back to me, but I did want to just get into my story and how I have switched many different placements. So I always loved psychology. Like when I was in high school, AP psych, sociology, those were right up my alley. I loved seeing how the human brain it develops a personality, how we use our sensory processing to then curate an idea of the world around us. I love seeing how interactions can change depending on how you experience the world when you were little. I've just always been a fan. My two favorite things. So. That was always kind of ingrained in me in high school. It's something that I really wanted to look into. During this time, I actually had an uncle who experienced a really terrible motorcycle accident. He was diagnosed with Wernicke's aphasia. I used to spend a lot of time with him when my aunt wasn't home. We would do speech homework. I'd kind of like be his babysitter or like a caregiver um, and just keep him company doing, when we were doing speech homework, we had like a stack of cards that would go over, he would try to label objects at the individual word level, just helping him get through to understanding and expressing everyday objects. During this time too, my grandma was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and she was progressing. My family had so much trauma during this time and just seeing how much it really stuck with me and seeing how my family took care of my grandma made me kind of see that I wanted to go into a healthcare profession. I also saw how her language changed as her disease progressed. She would frequently switch in between English and Ukrainian. She really just would get stuck in an individual word the social pragmatics, as you know, with Alzheimer's, it really deteriorates as the disease progresses. It was very upsetting. And between just saying my uncle and my grandma, bless both of them, this kind of helped me come to terms with the fact that I wanted to work with the brain. I wanted to help um, individuals in this situation. I want to help the family and caregivers make light of their situations I wanted to support (laughs) I wanted to make sure that my clients got the most effective therapy practices that they could as well as making sure that they understood their targets that I met them where they are that they left every therapy session feeling positive about where they were at and so did the family so I went into undergrad undecided. My dad really wanted me to do business. Business at the University of Illinois would be like a hot shot. Like, you got this. Not for me. I like I wanted business because I think my family really wanted me to do business. I took a couple of business classes. I did take some psych classes and obviously I like psychology sometimes more than business. I took a class sophomore year in the neuroscience of aging just because seeing how my grandma's prognosis was really just made me captivated by this topic. Um, there was one portion where we talked about ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And it was focused on Steve Gleason's Augmentative and Alternative Communication Device, AAC. And I was openly crying in this class. I sat there with just tears streaming down. I was so just inspired by his story and inspired by his willpower. And if you don't know, with Lou Gehrig's disease, it is one that affects the motor, neurons, and your body. So as those start to deteriorate, then you lose the ability to move your arms, your legs. You, are, you end up paralyzed. And for the most part, people will um, use an augmentative or alternative communication device, such as an eye gaze, eye gaze device. Or maybe they will start with another mode of communication before it gets to that level. There are studies that show that cognition is impaired, mildly, but for the most part, they can grasp the world around them. They are able to communicate if they have the tools and resources to do so. So, I cried in that class. I wanted to help individuals maintain their communication, their voice, whether that be organically or augmentatively I wanted them to maintain that in the eyes of a battle now this stuck with me I swore I wanted to work with adults when I was in grad school I was in grad school um, I started in 2019 I graduated in 2021 and I swore I wanted to work with adults this was right when COVID-19 started and we couldn't go into medical placements for the longest time I was that really annoying grad student that would email my clinical instructors begging for an opportunity to see adults or go into the dementia unit. But those restrictions were very severe. As you may recall, um, skilled nursing facilities and retirement homes were honestly a very susceptible place for COVID just because it spread so quickly and it was a very immunocompromised compromised population a very a population that i'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this the most politically correct way but it was a hot spot for covid i'll just leave it at that and yeah i it, it bummed me out and i would honestly like complain like <laughs> i was so mad that I couldn't see adults I would be like oh yeah I have to do my virtual elementary school rotation hoo. also the way I'm saying that in hindsight I'm literally a virtual elementary school SLP funny but I you know I thought I wanted something and so when I was there in those sessions I definitely could have improved the way I was facilitating my sessions I was not fully present. I prepared, but I was not 100% in it. I, My mindset wasn't as positive as it could have been. We then take our cognitive communication course focusing on brain injuries and dementia. This is one of my strongest interests. Like I went into this semester being like, this was my course. I would read everything, highlighted, annotated. I contribute always while sitting at the ed- edge of my seat. Like, I would be waiting, like, okay, let me give Lucy Lou a turn, and then I want to speak. I was, like, at the edge of my seat. Like, between that and when we had aphasia, like, those were, like, my strongest of interests. We got to the dementia unit, and that's where things kind of shifted for me. I would turn off my camera and cry. It was so triggering for me, just because we would talk about compensatory methods that I had to use with my grandmother, my late Baba. And it was just hard for me to process the emotion of losing my grandmother to Alzheimer's. It was just really it was too real for me. And it made me question if this was really my path. And not just working in a skilled nursing facility, not just working with dementia. It made me question if I would be better suited in a different field if I should have been with more neuro psychs, or if I should have gone more psychology route therapy route I just didn't know I kind of felt lost being the control freak that I was I was pretty rattled <laughs> I was like I am not sure what I should do if I should say something but I try to make light of the situation it was Actually, like the divine timing like my full hippie coming out during this episode it was the divine timing for me when I got to my clinical placement for the fall during this course we I had individuals with augmentative and alternative communication devices AAC also I don't know why I say the whole um acronym when the majority of the people listening are speech pathologists but you get the point so and I found a love working with those individuals um neurodivergent individuals people I realized that there was much more to the field that I didn't allow myself to actually experience because I wanted this other part of the field so terribly I kind of let loose of the I only want to work with this so I can like me letting loose of that notion that I had to work with adults really allowed me to appreciate the other aspects of the field. Like when you hone in on what you want, but that's not what's meant for you can really stop you from actually seeing what the universe, the higher power, what God has planned for you. I continued to, I did say, I kind of left it alone, like, hey, Miss Clinical Director, I do really want to work with adults, I really want to get this solidified, whether that be that I work with individuals in the medical field, or if I do end up picking more of a life skills clinical placement where I can work with some low incidence populations, I kind of let that go of the notion that I have to work with adults other than I want to get the experience to know whether this is something I want to do I let that be an open question and just voice that I really want to make sure it is known that I want a medical placement because they were so scarce being that COVID-19 was still a thing so summer of 2021 it's our last year right before we graduate We all get our medical placements. It's a full-time medical placement. We are there for five days a week, eight plus hours. And I had one of the luckiest placements. I was at a VA hospital. And this is sick because I had like some butt kicking veterans and they were great. This was the placement that I dreamed of. And it's everything that like when I met with my clinical supervisor, it was everything that I thought I could want. And I could not have been more wrong. (laughs) So my clinical supervisor there, she was on FMLA. FMLA means Family and Medical Leave Act. I'm not so sure what part of her life was being affected. We didn't really talk about it. Not my story to share regardless. But she just wasn't really present. And so sometimes I would have to go with other clinical supervisors and it was just really messy because I didn't get some of the opportunities I would have gotten otherwise. So she covered just advanced life support paramedics, working in that those like individuals with swallowing disorders, making sure that they aren't aspirating on any fluids while they're in our care. Seeing what kind of meals that they should be receiving, whether that be, I don't even remember the dysphagia, dysphagia diets anymore, um, whether that be like salads, dental soft, man, maybe I remember a little more than I thought, but, or like NPO, like non-perural, and that's something that I thought I was going to love, and I did not. I checked out books on head and neck cancer just because I knew I was going to have some swallowing in outpatient. And, yeah, it was just me playing music and helping old men swallow and making sure that they weren't aspirating, looking for any signs, symptoms. And I did also do voice. And, again, I am so grateful for this placement. I learned a great deal. It really tested my skills as an aspiring speech language pathologist, and I gained so much knowledge during this time. And like, again, it was a placement that people fight for, but it was not for me. I would go in every day with just so much anxiety, so much dread. Like I was living in fight or flight mode. I just had to always be on my toes. And typically we have to be, we have to be flexible, but this was different. And I still was learning how to trust myself, but this is not the field or the place I needed to be to grow. Although it did force me, like, I just was constantly in fight or flight. Like, I could not handle it. And I loved reading about swallowing and head and neck cancer and aphasia and cognitive decline, but, like, I walked out of there at the end of my placement being thrilled. Like, I was just so happy to be done with it because it's something I enjoy learning about and I enjoy applying to situations, but it's not something I want to deal with on the day to day. It was just not happy for me. No. (laughs) So finding my footing, I graduated in 2021 and I chose my clinical fellowship in early intervention, a complete 180 and I adored it with my whole heart. I supported families and help children say their first words i held children's hands i calmed toddlers from breakdowns worked with translators i let parents talk out their frustrations and was there to provide them support and understanding of what was happening with their child i traveled around the cities i got funding for an aac device i felt so fulfilled life was so beautiful I would never take that placement that I had for granted. If I could go back to EI, early intervention, I would. I loved my company. I loved the families that I met. I did become sick with an autoimmune disease less than a year later. um, I have a whole other blog, podcast, Instagram called Save Your Spoon, where I talk about just dealing with an autoimmune disease. Some of the symptoms I was experiencing included severe fatigue, falling asleep in between sessions, like bad acid reflux. I had rashes all over my face. I had chronic joint pain. I was just in shambles. I felt like I was in fight or flight mode driving. I had to be just vigilant of all my surroundings. Chicago traffic is absolute trash. (laughs) Sorry, I should not talk about it like that on this podcast. It was just a lot. And I think, too, I brought a lot of work home. I had to constantly be on top of my schedule changing. If someone had a cancellation, that's money that I wouldn't get. Just all of this stuff. And if I could just do the therapy, I so would. Saying goodbye to this job and those families was one of the hardest decisions I came to. So let's get back to the idea where I was complaining about being a virtual elementary school therapist. I am so lucky to say that I adore the company I work with now. They support me and I leave every meeting feeling just so invigorated. So as a virtual elementary school SLP, I do cover multiple schools and it's all virtual. I work from home. I see multiple districts. Usually that are dealing with staff shortages or maternity leave. I work with amazing teachers, SPED coordinators, staff, and students. I feel like I could like truly be myself in this setting. Like I am quick on my feet and that shows because I'm like, okay, let me pull up a different word list or I'm quick to change an activity or have one pulled up if I am... Finish one in a shorter amount of time than expected and so my symptoms too have been so much better I can more easily stay up to date with learning I love making materials for my job find it on the somatic or at the somatic SLP on teachers Pay teachers but I've had so much fun too posting about my autoimmune disease and writing and I've decided like to extend my passions again to my passion for speech language pathology and neuroscience and I'm bridging these interests to include my spiritual mindfulness and just like trauma-based side my passions in this field my favorite things about speech language pathology include assessing and training early intervention preschool elementary school age kids low incidence populations I love supporting families and co-treating. And although I can't see myself working in the adult geriatric population, I'm excited to learn about the brain and mediating cognitive symptoms. And through my caseload with early intervention and with some of these low incidence populations and with neurodivergent individuals, I can really mediate some of those cognitive symptoms with some trauma-based resources that I've studied during this time. There are so many things that I've taught myself in terms of mindfulness and spirituality that have worked and been successful in my endeavors. And so I hope to continue to incorporate these themes into my podcasts, my social media. What I do want to say is, if you are in a grad school or if you are feeling just defeated in the field, it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to be frustrated. I think that allowing those feelings to come up kind of open you up to acceptance. Like I had to accept the fact that I wasn't going to get a medical placement anytime soon. I had to let those negative emotions go so I could really allow myself to be fully present in working with a school-age population or an AAC. One of my favorite placements was in life skills. And if I was so fixated on getting what I thought I wanted, if I was so focused on just being in a medical placement, I may not have fallen in love with working with those itty-bitties. Like I, or working in a life skills classroom or working with the itty-bitties. I think allowing yourself to let go of what you think you want will allow things to really work out in your favor so I hope you get some clarity and some just like infiguration from listening to this I think everyone's story is different in the field I know there are people out there that don't need to be passionate about the field but I think it's one thing it's a blessing to love what you do and I just want everyone to fall in love with what they're doing as I did so, I hope you appreciate this and be sure to like, subscribe, leave a review. Let me know your opinions on this, whether that be on the platform you're listening on or on Instagram, which is just the Somatic Period SLP. And I will see you next week. Have a good one.